Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the Unrestricted Free Agent episode where Byron Jackson, former employer branding manager for Subway, is my special guest. Listen to the insights he shares on how to enhance the candidate experience and improve your company's employer brand. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please subscribe and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, provide feedback, you can do so via LinkedIn or via the form on our website, www.thecx.xyz. I thank you for listening, and here's my interview. Hey, Byron, how are you today? I'm good, Chuck. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Is it as hot in Miami as it is in North Carolina today? Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. And we have officially hit summer. That means humidity at record highs. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to sort of vent to you about that, but I'm like, I can't talk to a guy that lives in South Florida about <laughs> humidity in North Carolina. It just, it just didn't work. So how did you get into this recruiting people, talent kind of business? I was lucky enough to be introduced into this profession about four years ago uh, when I was looking for a job. I was working with a local recruiter here in Miami, um, and he mentioned that he was working with a company that he thought um, I would be a good fit for in terms of my skill set, in terms of some of the roles that he had in mind. Um, I went through the interview process. Thankfully enough, they liked me and they hired me. Um, upon getting hired, my first three to six months, I was kind of in the training um, scenario, I guess you would sure. like to call it, um, where I was just working with some other individuals on my team and seeing how the organization worked and um, what it was that the day-to-day responsibilities were. Um, my official title was employment program manager, um, meaning that I was responsible for the different employment programs related to the subway um, hiring experience. Uh, we had an in-house ATS as well as we had um, programs related to payroll, to your work opportunity tax credits, uh, telemedicine program, uh, discount resistant shoes. So we had a lot of different programs related to employment that were available for franchisees. Um, In terms of how I got into the recruiting mindset, about six months into the role, my then director, Brian Wheeler, uh, called me into his office and said, hey, Byron, I noticed that you're responding to 
franchisees via email, but I think it'd be a good opportunity for you to really get on the phones and start listening um, to what they have to say and, you know, in terms of what they're looking for when they say that they're looking for employment help. Um, sure. So I got on the phone with a couple of franchisees and after a while, um, you really get an understanding of what it's like to be a franchisee or to be one of the hiring managers that works for a franchisee. Um, and you're, you know, looking for employment. Um, the unique thing about my role and about the organization is Subway is 100% franchisee owned. Mm -hmm. So there is no corporate owned store. So there's really no guidelines in terms of how to hire somebody. So it's really up to the individual franchisee and whatever type of operational programs they want to put in place. So, um, you know, when they contacted us at IPC, then that was my opportunity to start looking at it from a strategic standpoint. And, sure. you know, given that I was on the phone with them, um, understanding what their needs were and what programs would best fit the needs that they had. Gotcha. And you, you're no longer with Subway. It's actually IPC, but you, no one's heard of IPC, but everyone's heard of Subway. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19, uh, you know, I was a casualty of, you know, COVID, but, uh, I had a great experience at IPC and, um, you know, the franchisees that I was able to develop relationships with, um, you know, I really admire them because, you know, it gives you a glimpse as to what it means to really be a small business owner. Gotcha. So you're an unrestricted free agent, um, not in, a in athletics, not swing <laughs> sports, but in the employer branding realm, you're, you're available. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry for uh, your loss, but I think other doors will open. Um, I as well was a casualty of COVID uh, back in April. I think when we talked earlier, I think we both uh, uh, both of our positions were eliminated um, around the same time. So um, I, I've I felt your pain, but I think there are greener pastures ahead of you. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. So we're uh, recording this on June 10th. Um, and, you know, a lot's been happening since Memorial Day here in, in our country. Um, and, you know, we've had the, the tragic death of George Floyd and protesting in not just the U.S., but globally. Um, and uh, many companies have spoken out in solidarity against racism or really against any isms um, that are out there. Um, but there's also, you know, companies that have not um, made a statement about that. Um, you know, could you share how you think that might impact a, a company's ability to attract candidates to hire? Yeah, no, um, I, I think this is a really relevant topic. Um, it is something that I, um, you know, as an employer branding professional, it's one of those things that before everything happened, uh, you know, when you were trying to cultivate the story of why employer branding is important to your organization, um, you know, this scenario highlights that right on the, you know, hits the nail right on the head, so to say. Um, sure. Especially now with the amount of unemployed professionals and the amount of job seekers in the market that are looking at companies companies now have a bigger spotlight, a bigger and brighter spotlight on them than they've ever had, in my opinion, in the past. So to me, and, you know, uh, for the record, I am a young black professional. 
Um, I do think that it is something that employers should definitely not just put out a statement, but also take a look and evaluate what's within their culture, um, what's within their values, and then what action steps are they taking to utilize and incorporate diversity, inclusion, um, you know, these types of things. Um, Unfortunately, with the incident related to George Floyd, um, you know, it has kind of not kind of, it's opened up the conversation for individuals, like you mentioned, globally to see that, you know, there are systemic issues within our society um, related to racism, sexism, ageism, like you mentioned, all the isms. And if you're an employer and you're not addressing these things, I do think that candidates now will be more aware of um you know, is that an organization that I really want to work for for the next three to five years? You know, because that's the usual life cycle of a candidate these days. So, um, you know, if you're not putting out a statement, if you're not um, putting together some sort of diversity and inclusion programs, or you're not um, utilizing this time to educate yourself, listen to your employees, maybe listen to your customers, your stakeholders, um, or just, you know, your local community. Um, I do think that candidates will be able to see through the corporate rhetoric, as we like to say, and just say that, okay, well, they were just doing it just to fall in line. Um, But they're really not about, um, you know, inclusion, diversity, and, um, you know, eliminating various systemic obstacles and barriers that are in place, as I mentioned earlier. So, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing your comments on that. I think, um, companies that aren't saying anything are saying something in their silence. Um, I think silence is not an option here. Um, I, um, you know, I've been interviewing as well, and that's actually one of the questions I've been asking in my interviews is is this very sort of question I asked you is like, you know, what what does the company feel? Has the company put out a statement on this? Um, and, you know, interesting, um, I had this conversation with someone um, earlier today about a company that I'm considering coming joining. And I said, you know, has the company done anything? And the person I talked to said, no, they haven't. Um, they're just unsure what to say, and um, but they're working on it. They're figuring it out. And so I, I thought that was authentic and genuine stuff. Um, another company I talked to um, earlier today actually said, yeah, they have, and their CEO has come out loud and clear about this. Like, we don't stand for you know any of this stuff. And um, so it's um, it's tragic, uh, Mr. Floyd. Um, the silver lining, I think, is these conversations are happening. Um, an, another conversation, I'm in a group um, that met on Monday, and that's we talked about. We usually meet for an hour, and we spent nearly half of the time talking about this very topic and what people could do. Um, and it was mostly white people in the room. <laughs> Actually, it was 100% white people in the virtual room. And but we were talking about like you know really what can we do and I think the 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 answer really was is to just to keep talking not just keep talking but actually listening opening your ears and listening so um, anyways thanks for sharing on that 
let's um, let's dive into some other stuff. Um, in, uh, candidate journey and candidate experience related. Um, is was there a challenge that you as a company faced? You know, wanted to change some aspect of the candidate experience, and you know what what did you all do about it? Yeah, so you know we did have a few challenges. You know, once I got comfortable within my role, as I mentioned, after about six months, um, I started looking around and looking at things from a hiring manager perspective or franchisee perspective. And then I kind of put myself back in the role of, okay, if I was going to apply for a job, you know, what would I be looking for in this time and age? Um, So, you know, one of the biggest challenges, there's two main challenges, but uh, one of them was actual, the actual application in and of itself. Um, As mentioned, you know, Subway's 100% franchisee owned. A lot of franchisees are older franchisees, or if they're not older franchisees, they're just Mm -hmm. utilizing the paper applications that the corporate office had provided to them. Um, And it's great that you have a paper application, but if you are working in a sandwich uh, shop and you have four people that are online during rush hour, during lunchtime, and somebody comes in during that time period and says, hey, I'm interested in a job, um, you know, are you guys hiring? You can't afford to have somebody step off the line and then go ahead and hand somebody a paper application, explain to them what fields that they need to are required, and then kind of explain to them the whole deal about what it's like to work at Subway, so on and so forth. Um, So, one of the things was just changing the mindset of the franchisees to move from that paper to a, a digital. And we have, you know, a sure. My Subway career. We have a career website that the candidates could go ahead and apply to. But one thing that we found was that the length of the application in of itself was a deterrent. Sure. So, you know, within the Subway, the QSR, uh, quick service restaurant space, Um, You know, these are entry level, no experience, little education needed jobs. So you're competing not only within your own industry as other companies are, but you're creating across industries. You're creating uh, competing with retail. You're competing with, um, you know, nowadays the digital age where you can have, you know, a 16 year old kid go on his iPad and become a YouTuber and, you know, make a couple hundred bucks a month posting YouTube videos, you know, and they don't have to get off the couch, so to say, um, as you and I did to go get their first summer job or, you know, that first job during the uh, winter break. So we, we identified that the, the length of the application needed to be shortened. So we went ahead and we worked with our development team to put in the option so that the franchisee or the hiring manager could shorten the length of the application. So that was one of the challenges that we experienced. And um, actually speaking with a couple of the franchisees shortly after we did the launch of it, one of the franchisees said it made a huge difference. They went to the short form application and they saw the number of completed applications increase by like almost 40% within a week. Um, wow. So That's great, uh, great news. Yeah. And, you know, also to think of it in terms of where are we in society, right? So nowadays everything, social media, excuse me, social media and, um, you know, we are a quick attention span. So, you know, you're on Instagram, your Instagram story is a minute and a half. If you want to do anything longer, you have to go to a long form platform, like on the Facebook story or whatever it may be. So 
if societal habits are changing, which means that customer habits are changing or just regular um, consumer habits are changing, then you have to take a look at what are your practices that you have um, related to the candidate. If you have, you know, these long drawn out applications or interview processes, um, especially for the positions that we're hiring for, you know, the chances are you're not going to get that candidate. It's just something that's not there. Right. Uh, Going, go go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No. And I was just going to say the other part that kind of ties into that is we also created a welcome to the team brochure. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was interested in working at a subway, going back to the paper versus digital, um, they could hand them this welcome to the team brochure and the brochure listed the different benefits and perks that would be available to them so that they knew what they were getting as a subway employee um, so that they weren't just saying, okay, well, I'm just going to get paid. Um, you know, that we were really trying to brand uh, subway as an employer of choice. So, you know, gotcha. those are the, the two biggest challenges um, related to the candidate experience. Gotcha. Yeah. I can recall, um, you know, companies when they had a hire, they used to place classified ads in the newspaper. Um, <laughs> and I, I suppose that's still done on occasion um, as, as well, but we have definitely had, you know, a, a transformation. I mean, you pointed it out in the sort of application process, but also, you know, in just how people learn about jobs. I mean, I, I think that um, we're probably even just scratching the surface of this right now like i think it's just going to get more and more digital i mean what what do you think do you think the think we're going back to paper uh no you know <laughs> i do i'm 100 agreement uh, with you uh, the digital revolution is uh here and it's here to stay um, sure you know with technology you know i i think you know, I I remember when cell phones were just becoming popularized amongst the mass uh, the masses, so to right. say. And you know, back then you had your Nokia or your Ericsson phone, and you were playing Snake and um, <laughs> you know sending text messages and and uh, you know, and now you can do pretty much everything and anything from your phone. So um, as the technology continues to evolve, I think that you know, the candidate experience is going to be more mobile um, enabled and, you know, your digital presence um, is going to be your billboard, so to say, um, because as you mentioned, you know, you can go on any publication now from your phone. So if your application isn't mobile responsive, if it's not mobile friendly, or if you just don't have a mobile presence period where people can learn about your organization, learn about, um, you know, the position that you're potentially offering, um, you know, they're just going to go somewhere else because we all know that, you know, there's tons of ads out there on all these various platforms. Um, sure. You know, so yeah, mobile is definitely the way to go now. I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there, um, you know, something that you, you had planned to do and hadn't implemented yet in, you know, for 2020 that was going to sort of improve the candidate experience at Subway? Yeah. So actually it kind of goes back to the whole digital um, revolution. Um, Mm -hmm. We were working with one of our vendor partners in um, implementing a video interview service. So again, 
It was just, you know, everything is on your phone nowadays. Yes, it's great that you want somebody to come into your restaurant and you want to be able to sit down with them for five, 10 minutes and ask them some questions and, you know, see if you can build a rapport with them and, you know, ask um, some questions that you feel might be a little more intimate in person versus online. But um, especially with COVID coming um, around in the last three months, um, everything seems to be going digital, whether it's medicine and, um, you know, video conferencing, work from home, so on and so forth. So, yeah, we had the opportunity to work with one of our vendor partners and we were beta testing a video interview service that they had that we were going to incorporate into the application process. So um, this would allow for the franchisee and the hiring manager to go ahead and create uh, basically a, a virtual interview of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a subset of questions that they would be able to ask. Um, they would go ahead and then send that interview link to whoever the interested candidate was. So if a candidate applied online and uh, the person, the hiring manager wanted to interview them, they would just go ahead and send them an email with the link in it. And then the candidate would have, you know, whatever time frame to go ahead and to respond to that video interview. Um, The interviews could be taped or they could also have the feature to go live. So you could do a one-on-one interview as well. Was the plan to um, do recorded, like recorded interviews where you send the questions and the candidate um, records their answers or was the plan to do live ones? So or both. both. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of both. I okay. I was pushing for uh, a mix of the two. Uh, the brand was in management was leaning more towards the recorded. And I understand why, because, you know, for legal purposes, liability, you don't want to um, potentially ask the wrong questions where, you know, candidate could um, feel litigious if they wanted to and then go ahead and sue. Um, right. But I do feel like there is power. And especially now, as I mentioned, with COVID. Um, you know, Zoom conference calls, video calls have become thing of the norm now. So being able to see somebody and really experience them um, face to face, I thought would be a real uh, opportunity, uh, especially in the business, you know, of making sandwiches where you're in a customer facing position. You want right. to be able to see how a candidate responds under pressure. Yes, it's not that hard to make sandwiches. But you might have to deal with a difficult customer or you might have to deal in an adverse situation. And you want to be able to see what the facial reactions of the candidate are. Um, You know, how do they uh, handle certain situations? Um, And then also, too, if, you know, and I'll be frank, we all know that you can, uh, as I call it, gamify an interview if you want. Right. You can prepare for it. You can rehearse the answers. Right. But if you ask somebody something that's on the spot, um, you want to see, are they a quick thinker? Are they able to, um, you know, are they a problem solver or do they just freeze under pressure? So right. uh, it was a mix of both, but the brand was leaning more towards the recorded interview. Gotcha. I, I'm just envisioning uh, that, uh, you know, the, the hiring managers on the line, it's a lunch hour and they're doing like a, an inter- a live interview and they're like, so tell me about why you want to come work at Subway. Um, 
And then, then they turn to a customer and say, would you like mustard or mayo? On that? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm envisioning there. So, but, uh, I, I'm assuming that the, the hiring managers would be not doing this during lunch, lunch hour. Yes. Oh, yeah. We were putting together guidelines as to, you know, um, how to utilize the service and uh, making sure that they were in the right environment. Um, you know, so similar again, going back to the whole COVID, similar to COVID, right? Making sure that um, the dog's not barking, that the right. kids aren't screaming in the background. You know, you want to try to be as professional as possible. And that's also one of the reasons why I like the services. Because you want to tell, you want to be able to see, is the person professional enough to know, hey, I need to do this in a quiet, you know, setting, even though you, you might be right. living in a house with five other people. Can you go lock yourself somewhere um, for 10 minutes and just do a, a quick video chat? Um, because right. if the candidate has the wherewithal to do so, then they understand what professionalism is. Right. That's true. I'll admit to you that I, so this is audio recording. So, but I have recorded in a closet <laughs> before, <laughs> and I've also recorded in a bathroom before because those were the, I'm not doing that now. I'm in my home office, but um, those are the only two quiet places I could find. Um, so anyways, um, good stuff here. If you, if you had, you know, one tip that you could offer to a company of how they could do something to improve the the candidate journey and the candidate experience, um, do you have a tip for companies? Yes, um, kind of goes back to our conversation in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, look at your technology. What are you doing to incorporate technology into the application uh, interview candidate experience? You know, is it um, is it relevant to your industry? Is it relevant to the role? Um, you know, who are you going after? Who's your target audience? Who's your target candidate? Um, you know, again, being that we were hiring sandwich artists and managers and normally between the ages of 16 and 25, um, you know, the demographic was skewed to younger, you know, more technologically, um, affluent users. Sure. But our hiring managers might be an older franchisee who's more technologically averse. So they might want to stick to the traditional way of doing an interview. And, you know, you have to be able to look at who it is that you're trying to bring into the organization, what your culture is, you know, really define that. And then, you know, one of the things that I used to try to do all the time as we were working on different parts of our hiring experience was, um, I would go to one of the other departments within the building and just ask some one of the developers, let's say, that wasn't on my development team and say, hey, go apply to this store and tell me what you think. Or, hey, take this assessment and let me know, you know, provide your feedback. Because um, if you get somebody who has no knowledge of what your objective is and, you know, they haven't been sitting in on the conversations and the emails um, and you just get their raw and unedited opinion, you'd be surprised as, you know, the insights that you could gather from them, especially, again, if it's somebody who's either outside your target demographic or um, even if it's somebody inside your target demographic, sometimes what I would do is I would just be on the street, well, not on the street, but we had a large corporate complex. And around lunchtime, you know, everybody goes out for lunch. 
And I would just ask random individuals, hey, you know, I'm working on this project. Do you mind taking two minutes while we walk to the restaurant down here and, you know, grab a quick bite to eat and apply? And, you know, they would know they wouldn't know anything about me or who I would, you know, I'd have to give them a little detail. um, But, yeah, just getting that outside opinion, because sometimes you're so stuck in the role. You're so stuck in the project that you only see things through your eyes and you're not taking a step back to say, okay, um, you know, what is a complete fresh set of eyes? How do they see this? What's their interpretation of this? Um, And, you know, utilizing that feedback. Again, I go back to my experience at Subway because, you know, Subway is 24,000 locations nationwide. The candidate experience that we want to have is we try to make it a uniform candidate experience nationwide, excuse me. But sure. we understand that there are cultural differences based upon the location of the sandwiches, based upon the location of the restaurants. So, um, you know, somebody in Miami might take the, um, the application experience and they might say, well, where's the option to switch to a Spanish language application? You know, right. And then we realized that, oh, it wasn't as prominent as we thought it was because, yeah, maybe there are candidates in other locations that are looking to apply and they would be great candidates, but they're intimidated because English isn't their first language. Right. So we had to go back and make the, the language button bigger and more prominent. Um, you know, we would have to go ahead and, you know, as we're talking about now, diversity and inclusion, add more diverse pictures on the candidate website, um, making sure that, you know, we had women represented, that we had some older individuals represented because in certain markets, it was an older demographic that was working in the sandwich shop. So, um, yeah, just grabbing an outside perspective and utilizing them uh, for feedback, I think, is something that is a huge asset when you can use it. Totally agree. And, um, you know, thanks for sharing all that. Byron, if people wanted to get a hold of you after this airs, how, how could they do so? Sure. I'm pretty easy to find. It's Byron Jackson on LinkedIn, B-Y-R-O-N. Um, and then uh, if you're looking to email me, uh, you can email me byronjack305 at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to correspond with you. Um, if you have any questions about employer branding, recruitment, marketing, um, I do have a a little bit of knowledge, uh, especially from the franchise level, um, working with the brand and uh, at the franchisee network. So um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to connect. Thanks for your time today, Byron. Thanks so much, Chuck. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.